0: Hey guys! Welcome to welcome to oh oh, Eliana, you too.
1: Welcome to half Torah with Eliana. What? Oh my god!
0: (laughs) Oh guys, this is our second one of the day, so you know we'd be messing up.
1: And it's the start of a brand new sefer, so we we might be a little giddy right now. I don't know, guys. Buckle up,
0: we're in the home stretch. It's Devarim.
1: Crazy times. No spoilers, but I'm preparing to be sad. Oh
0: my god. Okay, stop, stop,
1: stop. I don't know, like, what if a kid listens to this and they, like, we what if we're someone's, like, gateway? No, that wouldn't make sense. Who learns Haftorahs before they learn, like, the Parsha's?
0: I don't know. Maybe someone's just interested in Judaism and they stumble across our- Okay. I'm well, not judging either way. Well-advertised podcast. And they're like, wow, this looks fire.
1: True. Once our Twitter page is up, everyone's gonna be learning.
0: That's true. Well, wow, we're gonna go viral. I'm ready. We should be making half tour TikToks.
1: <gasps> oh <No>. my god! <laughs> that was the best idea ever. <laughs> I deleted TikTok because Anonymous said I should. What?
0: Are you serious? So I decided yeah, to become TikTok
1: famous. So What?
0: No biggie. I decided to become TikTok famous. So like I'm just gonna yes. be ready half Torah. That moment when you're Miyahoo is half tour again.
1: <laughs> oh my god, that's so true. Oh, and we have so many memes. Yeah, we makes... really do. I'd be like, Just tell me when I need to send you a video. I don't mind my face being on. Oh my god, I'd be like, I'm Eliana, and you'd be like, uh, no,
0: I'm. I'm <laughs> oh my god.
1: <laughs> we're so like, funny. Don't steal
0: our ideas, okay? And if you,
1: you have to like tag us. And Abigail's posting this, so we're gonna have the timestamp for when we posted this and you stole our idea. That's true.
0: We're
1: attacking you guys for like
0: literally listening to us. I love we you. Get. Okay.
1: We just also know that we're very smart and entrepreneurs.
0: Oh yes, that yes for sure.
1: We have a brand to protect.
0: Oh, ah, I feel so special. Okay. Um, well, you know what book we're coming at you with? It is you know. Mithlocha Oha. Yes! Oh, Mithlocha Oha. From Within the Tent, essays on the weekly half-hour reading from the rabbis and professors of Yeshiva University, published by Magid. Which is Koran. Yes! Get those runs in. Oh my Coran. god. warning. Oh <laughs> that was too beautiful. Ooh.
1: Thank you. <laughs>
0: You're welcome. Um, do you hear my computer, like, buzzing? No. Okay, well, you guys might. And <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's what happens when you're over soon, so. Okay. Anyways, it is Parshat Devarim, And this week we are getting it, our Dvar Torah from Dr. Yaakov Alman. Cool. Yeah. Hey. And Eliana is definitely going to start.
1: I am. Okay, wait, should we guess first? Oh,
0: I feel like okay, well, So, Moshe's, like, starting off his speech,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. Because the whole thing is his speech.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna just say Yoshua. I feel like it would be a nice parallel for, like, the beginning of Dvarim to be Yoshua. Yeah. Of I don't know, well, like, cause no, really. I just, like, don't really I'm know. Your miyahu. I am not having it anymore. I have lost all patience for Hazel. You, you
0: say Yehoshua, and I'll say, I feel like it's something with David. I don't know why, just because, mm-hmm. like, speeches.
1: I'll allow it. As long as it's not your miyahu, I, I'll be happy. Oh, uh, watch out It is your miyahu, because he obviously mm-hmm.
0: gave speeches to people, you know, mm-hmm. he's a prophet.
1: Every prophet gave a speech Why you oh, I'm gonna, go to Shemaim Bezrat Hashem, meet your miyahu and be like, I'm sorry, your story ruined my life. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Dr. Yaakov Elman, Haftarat Devarim, the challenge of change. And then we start with a little, a nice little quote. It is harder to remove one very minor character fault than to study the whole Talmud. And that's a quote by um, Rabbi Israel Salanter. So, the Talmud observes that while, quote, twice 600,000 prophets arose in Israel, only those prophecies that were needed for future generations were written down, end quote. Um, and those that were primarily oriented for their own time and place were not. Rashi notes that the need in this context refers to um, tshuba or hora'ah, or as we might say, musr, ethical instruction and not information needed for halakhic decision-making, since, of course, prophecy is not a proper mode um, of, reaching, of reaching halakhic decisions, which must be reached by human reasoning. The first point that Rashi makes that requires elaboration, that the major purpose of prophecy is, of, um, is of course, ethical and religious instruction. In, indeed, the study of nach um, had not been so neglected for so long oh no, sorry, if the study of Nakh had not been so neglected for so long, the work of the Musser movement in the last century and, and a half would have been unnecessary. For Navi provide, provides us with all the Musr we need.
0: The prophets spoke both to their own time and to all times. Somehow only Christians seem to have remembered this. Thus, for example, one of the major themes of Musser literature, as we find, for example, in Rabbeinu Yonah's Sha'are Shuvah 3, and the Gemara as well, the need to avoid performing the mitzvot by rote mitzvot anashim me lamda, okay. I guess just doing it, like, like, without thinking. Is yeah. from where okay. It's from Yeshayahu. Okay. Okay, wait. Oh, hold on. I literally did not hop at all that that was him saying that that's the Haftorah. I oh, just, I figured it was. I was just like, okay, he's about to be quoting Yeshayahu. whatever. Okay, fine. Whatever. <laughs> Waiting for whatever. The Yirmiyahu to come up. <laughs> yeah, literally. I was like, where's Yirmiyahu? <laughs>
1: No, okay. and we, when he was talking a lot about prophecies, I was like, don't. <laughs> don't.
0: It's so weird. Oh my God. Okay. So, well, here's the quote from Yeshayahu 29, 13 to 14. Um, God said, This people has approached me with their mouths and honored me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me as if it were a commandment of men, practiced by rote. Therefore, I will continue to astound this people with astonishment upon astonishment the wisdom of its wise men will fail and the understanding of its men of understanding will vanish. Mm. As we shall see, this prophecy of Yeshayahu is reflected in our chapter as well. Rashi's comment, however, does not exhaust all the purposes of prophecy since the Talmud itself refers to the book of Yeshayahu as Nechemta, um, consolation, mm-hmm. in Baba Batra, And indeed, our Haftorah begins the seven weeks of consolatory Haftorah. Oh, it's it's oh. nine days just started. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so we got to feel a little better. Yeah. That Talmudic passage notes also that the books of Naveem Ahronim, um are carefully arranged by theme rather than chronology, or chronologically, um, with the book of Yirmiyahu. Oh my god, he just couldn't not mention him. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, people who are listening to this for the first time think that we just hate Yirmiyahu. We love Yirmiyahu. Because i just never... Listen to our uh, prophetic messages of saying that which weeks should be your miyahu.
1: Yeah, I just need that. It's frustrating when you have such when you you think so hard, you rack your brain, you have such creative guesses every week, and Chazal without fail always just decides your miyahu is the correct haftorah. Yeah, well, it's just disheartening the lack of creativity. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, with the book of miyahu following the book of Melachim, followed by Yechatzkel and Yeshayahu coming only after Yechezkel. Molochum ends with the destruction of the first temple and Yermiah's prophecies are almost all about the harbon, the destruction, while Yechezkel begins his book with Chorban, but ends with consolation by providing a description of the future third temple. We thus have a progression through four books from destruction to consolation. Printers have changed this order and opted to print these books in their chronological order, but this was, but this, I guess, the not chronological order wasn't the originally intended order.
1: Wait, so it was supposed to be Yirmiyahu, then Yeshayahu, but they switched um, it to chronological? It was supposed to be Malachem, Yechazgal,
0: uh, yeah, Yirmiyahu, no, it was supposed to be Malachim, Yirmiyahu, Yechazgal, Yeshayahu,
1: I guess. Okay, but then they switched it so that Yirmiyahu comes last. I guess? I don't really like, know. I, like, they were trying, like, it's supposed to end on a positive note with Yeshayahu, but
0: yeah. but it's it doesn't. Supposed, yeah.
1: Right. Okay. Okay. Just context in mind. Um, Not only are the books of latter prophets arranged in this manner, but the book of Yeshua itself is carefully arranged according to theme from destruction to consolation. As Rabbi Eliezer of um, Bougency, northern France in the 13th century, observes in his commentary to Yeshayahu the first chapter serves as a prologue to the entire book introducing and encapsulating the themes that Yeshayahu was to stress throughout his prophetic mission rebellion against God insincere worship injustice and the need for true repentance to avert the coming purification by fire um and the next section describes the messianic age indeed the book of Yeshayahu is arranged in a way um In that way itself, since the return from exile is the concern of the second half of the book. At the very end of the book, we have the following. Every new moon and every Sabbath, all flesh will come to bow down before me, says God. In providing a summary of the book, this chapter also provides us with a portrait of of the sinful society of the two kingdoms of Yehuda and Ephraim. The northern kingdom of, of Ephraim would cease to exist in Yeshayahu's own time, but his preaching succeeded um, and extending the life of the southern kingdom for another century and a half more to the point as chazal our sages tell us his prophecies provide us with an enduring lesson in how we are to conduct our spiritual and societal lives the first two themes seem contradictory why does um, yeshayahu sorry there's a typo so i didn't read it right oh. um how does Yeshayahu call the people sinful when they bring, as he himself admits in the later verses, burnt offerings of rams and fat of buffaloes, the blood of cattle, sheep, um, and goats, meal offerings, and incense? Yeshayahu's point is that not only the people's insincerity, um, is that it's not only the people's insincerity that wrinkles, um, it is also their inconsistence that as long as they conduct the yeah. temple service, what? of their insistence. Insistent? What did I say?
0: Inconsistence.
1: Oh, I was like, I don't know if that's a word, but... <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was just, like, so confused.
1: I was, I just didn't, okay, I can't read this man's writing, I don't know what's I wrong Clearly, It's can't. my fault, it's not his. Um, it is also their insistence that, yeah, that as long as they conduct the temple service, the aboda, properly, they have done their duty even though their society is fundamentally corrupt and unjust. How is a society then judged and condemned?
0: Your silver has become debased, and your wine diluted with water. Your rules, your rulers are knaves, 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 thieves, comrades. They all love bribes and chase gifts. Mm-hmm. They do not judge the orphan, and the widow's case does not come before them. Yeshayahu adds to this charge in chapter five: "Woe, mm-hmm. you who add house to house and join field to field till no room is left, so only you dwell in the land." As I was listening, the Lord of hosts said, be my word, many homes will become desolate and large and beautiful ones unoccupied. Why is there such emphasis placed on the widow and orphan and on those who cannot defend their titles to real estate from being enroached upon them? The message that Yeshayahu wishes to impart is that a society is judged on its treatment of its weakest members. As Rashi notes in his comment on Shemot 2221, you shall not oppress any widow or orphan. I think this is what Rashi says. Um, this applies to everyone, but the verse speaks of ordinary conditions, literally the present, for they, i.e. widows and orphans, and we might add Agunot, are weak, and oppressing them is common. The leaders of societies that allow the rich and powerful to have their way are called captains of Sodom, and their followers are called people of
1: Amora. I'm oh. gonna say it. Capitalism. <laughs> I've been on a—I've been on—I'm just ready for college, I guess. <laughs> you
0: are. You are. Straight back. Oh hmm mm-hmm. <laughs> How would these captains and people respond to Yeshayahu's charge? They would certainly protest that they are pious from people. Okay, interesting that that's how he's putting it. Yeah. Uh, why look at the offerings they, burn, they bring? Burnt offerings of rams and fat of buffaloes, the blood of cattle, sheep and goats, meal offerings, and incense— In other words, they worshipped Hashem in the way established not only by Shlomo HaMelech, but also by the Torah itself. They could certainly claim that they had upheld traditional conservative values. They could have called Yeshayahu a socialist or a bleeding heart liberal. I'm enjoying this. Oh my God. He is fire. He is throwing. Oh
1: my goodness. I'm enjoying it. (laughs) Babe. Oh my God. This is just fun. The whole time I was like, I feel like, I feel like I'm seeing something here. And now he's just like spicy. So Maza. Mazzeh. So Oh my goodness. I love it. Um, And yet Hashem responds as follows. Why do I need all your sacrifices? God asks. I am fed up with your burnt offerings of rams and the fat of buffaloes, and I have no desire for the blood of cattle, sheep, and goats. When you appear before me, who asked you to do this, trampling my court? Do Do not bring any more vain meal offerings. Your incense is offensive to me. New moons... Um, sabbaths, proclamations of holy days, I cannot bear sinful gatherings. I hate your new moons and festivals. They are burdensome to me and I cannot bear them. When you spread your hands in prayer, I will turn my eyes away from you. As much as you pray, I will not listen for your hands are full of blood. What? This yeah. is insane. This is, mmm mmm. this is sriracha. <laughs> Um, in other words, prayer and sacrifice are proper when brought by the proper people, but not people whose hands are full of blood. And yet, Chazal understands sin offerings in a somewhat different way. Here is a midrash found in, um, in the Yerushalmi uh, um, on Makot, um, but also in um, Psika de Rav Kahana. Hashem is good and proper, therefore he teaches sinners the way, etc. That's from Tehillim. They asked wisdom. Um, as to a sinner, what is his punishment? Wisdom said to them, evil will pursue sinners. That's from Mishle. Um They asked prophecy, as to, as to the sinner, what is his punishment? Prophecy said to them, the soul, um, the soul that sins will die. Uh, and that's a quote from Michal.
0: They asked the Torah, as to the sinner, what is his punishment? The Torah said, let him bring an Asham offering, and he will be atoned for. They asked the Holy One, blessed be he, as to the sinner, what is his punishment? He said to them, let him repent, and he will be atoned for. Said Rav Penchas, why is he good? Because he is just, he meaning Hashem. Why is he just? Because he is good. And therefore he teaches the, sin- the sinner the way, for he teaches them the way to repent. Therefore the prophet Hoshea says, repent, O Israel. And that's from Hoshea. However, before continuing, let us look at the, par- at the parallel Yerushalmi in Mako 2.4. Said Rav Pinchas, Hashem is good and just, therefore he shows sinners the way. Why is he good? Because he is just. And why is he just? Because he is good. Therefore he shows the sinners the way. He teaches the way of repentance. They asked wisdom. As to a sinner, what is his punishment? Wisdom said to them, evil will pursue sinners. Mishle. They asked prophecy. As to the sinner, what is his punishment? Prophecy said to them, the soul that sins will die. Yechezkel. They asked the Holy One, blessed be he. As to the sinner, what is his punishment? He said to them, let him repent and be atoned for. That is what is written. Therefore, he teaches sinners the way, the way to repent. Note that in the Yerushalmi, which is the earlier text, mm-hmm. not in it, but okay, wow, I just messed that up. <laughs> Note that, the Yerushalmi, which is the earlier text, lacks one question found in the Pesikha. P- 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 the they ask the Torah, yeah. ask the sinner... Wow, you're paying. I'm paying attention. attention. He captured my attention. This is that's amazing. You know, May Torah always do that for you. mean, I just said a mean to my own bracha.
1: Amen. I I forgot to so amen.
0: <laughs> oh well, that's fine because you're the one that's really paying attention. So I should I learn more it. That. <laughs> okay, so the thing that was missing, yeah. So they asked the Torah as to the sinner, what is his punishment? The Torah said, "That's your part. Yeah. Go ahead." The
1: Torah said. All good. All, the Torah said, um, "Let him bring an Asham offering, and he will be atoned for." On the other hand, the later midrash lacks um, lacks an exact quotation of the verse from the Chumash for this question, while the other questions are supported by supported by exact sukkim. Moreover, evil and death are are indeed punishment, um, but it is the bringing of an Asham. Oh, but is the bringing of an Asham sacrifice a punishment? The two texts thus address the same issue, but from different points of view. The Midrash points to a, to a basic tension in the way in which Hashem relates to sinners. They can bring sacrifices or they can repent. If they do not do so, either evil, evil will pursue them or they will die. But why should a person go to the expense of bringing sacrifices when he can just repent? This point is similar to the point that Rabbi Eliezer makes. Um, that there are people whose money is worth more to them than their bodies. See, Brachot, um, 61B, but also see Cholim, 91A. Um, Although closely related, these two texts highlight different aspects of divine governance in the world. The Midrash has has an exegetical claim, aim, exegetical aim, to resolve the tension between the Torah's emphasis on sacrifice as a means of atonement and its offer of repentance. However, by not including the mention of sacrifice, the Yushalmi emphasizes a slightly different aspect of this tension, that Hashem's acceptance of repentance as a valid means of atonement for for sins is actually not fair. It is an act that is lifnim mishurah beyond a just measure, for although the sinner has committed a sin, he can receive atonement merely by repenting without added expense. Of course, only Hashem can offer such an option, not wisdom, not prophecy, and not even the Torah, but only Hashem. Um, And this is the expression of Hashem's love. Indeed, this is the prophet Yonah's contention. Why should the um, Ninvites, the people of Ninveh, um, have gotten away with merely repenting? Shouldn't they have been punished for their sins? Hashem answers him that this forgiveness was an expression of his mercy. And this is why we read Sefer Yonah on Yom Kippur. Actually, as we know, repentance is hard work, much more so than the mere expense of buying and offering a sacrifice. Indeed, as Rab, um, Rabbi Yisrael um, Salenter pointed out, it is easier to learn through all of Shas than to uproot one bad habit. Um, it was this lesson that Yeshea wished to impart and which the people of Jerusalem resisted. They thought of themselves as pious, as pious individuals who were um, punctilious um, in fulfilling their religious vows and, th- and thought that sacrifice and thought the sacrifices they offered would protect them from the consequences of their sins. I like this conversation. Yeah, this
0: is cool. I agree. Okay. Repentance requires an admission of wrongdoing and a determination not to repent the sin, not to repeat the sin. They are they were unwilling to admit that they were wrong for material success and the need to circumvent both Hashem's law and man's law had become an absolute requirement of their lifestyle. The inhabitants of Yehuda would rather have brought sacrifices than work on changing bad habits and evil ways of doing business, which is why the Navi called them a sinful nation. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, I, I, this is, this is, this is good. I agree. It's also like
1: a modern, it's also a very like modern conversation. Yeah, it is. Like, 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 like people habit. still say they're like fine, like traffic fines are just saying like, how much does it cost for like a rich person to speed or whatever? Oh, that's so interesting. And it's yeah, like it's also like bail. Like right. why do you get out of jail because you have money? That doesn't make any sense. Like I know that's not what bail is, but like yeah. can't afford bail, have to sit in jail. But like people who can't afford it get to go back home to like wherever they live or whatever. And it doesn't make any sense to me because if you like, you know, are in jail for doing something bad, it doesn't matter how much money you
0: have. Oh my gosh. Right. Well, yes. Also <laughs> Okay, Welcome. pause for politics, guys. Oh, my God, we Do should it. pause for politics. Did you know that New York State is a or maybe it's just New York City, but either way, where I live um, is a no bail place where basically you just get to leave. Oh, really? Yeah. I
1: feel so like, were gonna say like no bail isn't like no one can post bail.
0: Right. It's the opposite. I
1: was like, oh, so you just that's
0: so stole- strange. That means you don't have to go to trial because there's nothing there's no money or any amount that's holding you to go to trial so people are just not going to their trials and they go free if yeah that doesn't seem right i think oh, we yeah. should be oh no such thing as should i feel like we're gonna get attacked nobody's gonna listen to this but like true yeah, i just oh really don't agree with I
1: understand that. how that makes any sense like yeah like i understand why yeah. why you have to sit like why a lot of people have to sit in jail to wait for their trials because they're a flight risk like right. <laughs> I watch Law and Order like <laughs> okay okay <laughs> but yeah like that's what I'm saying though is that like in places where bail is a thing like if you're rich enough you can just get out of it so like right. you don't ever have to like yeah it's there's true. so many stories of people just like booking it like you get out of jail you you post your bail you leave you like book your jet to like Italy and you just like restart in yeah. Europe because you're rich enough to do that
0: Right. I think in New York, people are more of the mindset, like, oh, most of the people in jail don't really deserve it, so, like, it's a good thing. But, like, all the people that do deserve it and just get to go, like, Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, okay. Well, I guess we paused for politics.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is a very, like, political Dwartoro. Like, he's literally saying, like, and I really agree. Like, I think it would, it would be such a cop-out if Hashem, wow, I don't know if I can say like (laughs) something like that. It's not, it's not like I'm saying that he was, was right. (laughs) I'm saying Hashem was right. But that like, if, if there was like a concept of you either have to atone or give a, an offering, then what, yeah, like what's incentivizing rich people to atone? They're just going to give an offering and then continue doing whatever and then just keep on like hang their way out of it. That's how, like, a lot of rich people don't end up in jail. Like, they just Yeah. Wow. I'm gonna get, like, attacked. I'm gonna get
0: <laughs> We'll <both> get attacked. <laughs> such Literally. a dumb joke. <laughs> no,
1: yeah. Um,
0: but yeah, no, and then, like, going back to his original point of, like, it just becoming, like, like, saying, oh, I'm doing, I'm following everything to, like, the law. It says, God says you have to bring atonement, so that's what I'm doing. It's said in the Torah. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's just like an impulse. It's it's like a habit. You don't think about yeah. it. You're just doing it because that's what it says to do, but you have no actual meaning behind it. Like that's like the whole concept of Shuva, how there's all these steps and it has to be an internalized thing.
1: Yeah. And so like fine, it's all well and good. Like if poor people like have to do that because they can't afford an offering, they're gonna like better themselves. But then there's nothing right. making um, rich people do that. Till now. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, popped, I guess. Yeah. Thought bubble politics. Um Unpaused from politics. <laughs> I don't even know. I like I like the phrase pause for politics. I'm I'm keeping that. Okay, play for parsha. Play for parsha. Okay. Um <laughs> they were thus in a state of denial with regards to their own sins and refused Hashem's offer. This then is why Isha Yahu could call them sinners while simultaneously extending the possibility of repentance, an offer they rejected. And that is why Hashem was fed up with their sacrifices. How then will they be redeemed? Learn to do good, seek justice, and support the oppressed. Demand justice for the orphan, and plead the cause of the widow. Part three. Wow. Repentance requires a change in one's actions, or in this case, in a, so- in a society's lifestyle. This applies not only to one generation, but across the generations as well. All of the congregation of Israel is considered as one, not only those Jews living at one time, but as a collective across time, as the Yerushalmi Yoma 1-3 has it. There's no English. It's on
1: the next page. Oh, that's the English? That is, okay, fine. That
0: is Wait, no I think so.
1: We find that the temple, Matzanu yeah, I think we're, I think yeah, we're, yeah. Okay, I was scared. I was like, there's no English. I was like, that was the longest
0: Yerushalmi I, what? <laughs>
1: Okay, well, this is the English of the Yerushalmi. We? we find that the temple was destroyed the first time because they worshipped idols and committed sexual crimes, um, and were shedders of blood. And so too the second time, and so to the second time, Rabbi Ochanan Bar Torta said, we find that Shiloh was destroyed because they were um, contemptuous of the festivals and profaned holy things. But we find that the temple was destroyed the first time because they worshipped idols and committed sexual crimes, and they were shedders of blood. But in regard to the second time, we recognize that they labored in Torah and were careful regarding mitzvot and tithes. And every good practice was prevalent among them, except they loved money and hated one another for nothing. Baseless hatred is thus to be weighed as equal to idol worship, sexual crimes, and the shedding of blood. A story. Um, Rav Ze'ura and Rav Yaakov Bar Acha and Rav Avuna were sitting and studying. They said, all the more for the first temple was rebuilt, but the second one was not rebuilt. Said um, Rav Zura, or Rabbi Zura, I'm sorry if I'm getting that wrong. Um, the earlier ones who came after the first destruction repented, while the later ones who came after the second destruction um, have not repented. Said Rabbi Eliezer, or Rabbi Eliezer, as to the second ones, their sin was revealed by the prophets and their end of their exile was also revealed, as to the later ones, their sin was revealed by the sages, but their end of their exile has not been revealed.
0: They asked Rabbi Eliezer, are the later ones more pious than the earlier ones? He said to them, your witness is the temple, which has not been rebuilt. Thus, the earlier ones were more pious. They said, every generation in whose days the temple is not rebuilt, it's considered as though they destroyed it. Wait, um, uh, uh, there was something, Kilu who, whatever oh my god i don't even remember that was like the most sad thing ever it's a that that I feel like it's a or something no it's probably just here i don't know what i'm saying
1: yeah, here's like amru kol dorsha eno nivne biamav um mali elav <laughs> elav yeah, yeah yeah okay that's intense that is and mm, i'm kind of seeing it because in this time i'm seeing very the same problems that they had at that time History repeats itself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: All right, guys, we're almost done. Um, mm-hmm. Thus, we must read Ishayahu's words as though he had addressed us directly. <laughs> Boom. Exactly. Yep. Well, we might not want to, since after all, there are more people devoted to Torah study than ever before, and devotion mm-hmm. to Torah and mitzvot is more widespread than in several generations. It is important to remember that the temple has not yet been rebuilt. We, the Orthodox community, or anyone who's listening to this, have mm-hmm. improved, no doubt, but are we willing to re-examine basic lifestyle issues? Are we as a community willing to correct certain societal norms that continuously, that continuously, that's a typo, that continue to lead to Hil Hashem? We perform wonderfully in many mitzvot ben Adam l'makom, commandments that relate to ritual matters and between us and God, and in many mitzvot ben Adam l'chavero, commandments that relate to societal issues and other people, especially charity. What problems remain, especially problems that lead to Hashem in our modern world of instant communication. What would Yeshayahu have said? How would we respond?
1: Mm.
0: Wow, well, I feel like I should actually think about what would Yishayahu have said? And how would he would have said, Guys, I told you. He would have said, Cancel culture is the worst thing in the entire world, and you guys <laughs> are just wrecking yourselves and stop being haters. He would have no. been literally like,
1: Just repent, guys. Just repent. <laughs> like, oh. Everyone, oh my god. Care about people who are less well off than you. Is that hard? I don't know. Oh my god.
0: But also, everyone's just so bored right now. Hashtag Chrome Time for the past like 17,000 months. Yeah. They have nothing to do because not everything's open and whatever. People who completely don't social distance anymore, that's a total issue. But like, that's insane.
1: People who like party and stuff. (sighs) Well, I'm I'm sorry (laughs) to tell you.
0: Uh, I can't, I can't. But like, People are just so bored, and, like, they have so much more time on their hands, and they're, like, examining what every single person is doing, and judging, and everything, and guys, what would yeshayahu have said about that?
1: Hmm.
0: I don't judge know. I think it's just judge
1: your like, I feel like it. the thing that I always, like, go back to with kind of, like, the end paragraph that he was saying is, like, all the people who like, learn Torah and, like, devote their time to, like, becoming, like, really big, like, Talmudim, but then they are, like, rude and disrespectful people in real life.
0: Yes. what, What? 100%, yeah.
1: Yeah, like, it's, like, okay, so you understand, like, the teachings, like, you know what it's saying, but you're not listening. Like, you're saying, like, learning is what you're supposed to do and not actually, like, acting.
0: Right. Like, like, you're not internalizing any of the things. Like, you don't practice what you preach.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah,
1: I, and I, it's not good. Like that's really like it's it's hypocrisy first of all, which is like obviously yes. not good, nice. and it's, it's preventing us from moving forward.
0: Check yourself before you wreck yourself.
1: Just gonna True. say, truly. There's this so- was a fun var Torah.
0: Yeah, it's really like b- both the one this week and the one that's Mase that we just did, but technically last week. Um, yeah. Hi. Like a lot of food for thought, yeah. Good double feature, <laughs> literally, double feature. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed. Yeah, I do. <laughs> okay. Well, shabbat shabbat. <laughs> yes, all right. Bye, guys. Bye. We love you.